0: Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish.
1: Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio.
0: What sets my book club apart is that I
1: actually read the books. Book Club is now in session.
0: Kind of interesting that in a week dominated in our conversation by the midterm, that which has received the greatest social media reaction on this program— Uh, Squirrel Gate, number one, and number two, a conversation that I had yesterday with a head of school of a boarding school in New England in Massachusetts. It's called Buxton, where they implemented a smartphone ban for all students and faculty and with very positive result. I discovered that story in The Wall Street Journal and quoted in the piece that took me to it was my next guest, Dr. Anna Lemke, who's a professor of psychiatry at the Stanford University School of Medicine and chief of the Stanford Addiction Medicine Dual Diagnosis Clinic. Most importantly for our purposes, author of a book called Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. This is Dr. Lemke. Doctor, thank you so much for being here. Pardon my naivete. What is dopamine?
2: Dopamine is a molecule that we make in our brain. It's a neurotransmitter and it's fundamental for the experience of pleasure, reward, and motivation.
0: And what might that have to do with this iPhone in my pocket?
2: Well, the iPhone is essentially a drug. The iPhone lights up the same parts of the the brain as drugs and alcohol. It releases dopamine in our pleasure circuits. The more dopamine that uh, drug releases, and the faster it releases dopamine, the more likely that drug is to be addictive. And we have imaging studies showing that screens in general, and especially screens related to uh, human interaction, social media, they actively light up those reward centers in the brain, which means they are potentially addictive. The more we use them, the more likely we are to get addicted to them.
0: In other words, when, when I engage in an activity from which I'm deriving pleasure. Dopamine gets released. We feel good about that which we're engaged in. And one of those things might be playing a video game or looking at my Instagram account.
2: Absolutely, that's correct. And the important thing to keep in mind is that after we release large amounts of dopamine in response to these behaviors, like uh, digital media, our brain tries to compensate for increased dopamine by downregulating dopamine transmission, involuting dopamine receptors on the postsynaptic neuron, not just to baseline levels, but below baseline levels. So we basically go into a dopamine deficit state. That's the hangover, the craving, the opponent process mechanism, which means that Even while we're in the middle of a TikTok video, we're already craving the next TikTok video because we're in a dopamine deficit state. And that's what drives the repeated compulsive overconsumption of these stimuli.
0: Can I have a couple of drinks without being an alcoholic? It sounds like the same kind of, of thought process or analysis. At some point, it becomes excessive and you need another fix.
2: Absolutely. So most people who use alcohol do not become alcoholics. Most people who use social media will not go on to become severely addicted to social media. But many of us will have to be conscious and intentional about tempering our use. And some of us, even when we try to temper our use, will be unable to do that. And we'll find ourselves sliding into the terrible vortex of addiction, which can be life-threatening. In my practice, I see young people uh, and old people and everybody in between coming in who are actually addicted to digital content, to social media, to video games, to pornography, to shopping and these people are struggling with thoughts of suicide so this is not something to um, take lightly. For those who are vulnerable to the particular drug that social media and other online digital content can be, this can be a very serious problem.
0: Dr. Lemke, are some of us predisposed toward being addictive when it, or addicted when it comes to, in this case, our screens? Is it a function of how we're wired as to whether you're going to be the social drinker or the alcoholic, but in a screen
2: sense? Yes, it is. It's, it has, it's called a drug of choice. And there's enormous inter-individual variability in terms of what releases dopamine for a given individual. What releases a lot of dopamine in your brain may not release a lot of dopamine in my brain and vice versa. Um, So this phenomenon of people getting too addicted to social media and other digital content is very much a function of their unique wiring. And in my experience, people who are very people-oriented and attachment-oriented, feeling and emotion-oriented, are people who are especially vulnerable to getting addicted to social media.
0: When your book first was published, the book is called Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. You wrote an essay for The Wall Street Journal, which began this way. A patient of mine, a bright and thoughtful young man in his early 20s, came to see me for a debilitating anxiety and depression. He dropped out of college, was living with his parents. He was vaguely contemplating suicide. He was also playing video games most of every day and late into every night. What was the treatment that you prescribed for that individual?
2: The treatment was to abstain from all screens for one month and why because in abstaining from screens we were essentially depriving his brain of this external source of dopamine and allowing his brain to begin to regenerate its own endogenous or internal source of dopamine we were trying to reset his hedonic or joy set point back to a normal baseline so that he could get out of this vortex of compulsive overconsumption of video games and also begin to enjoy more modest rewards like just spending time with his parents or with his friends. And what I find, because I've done this now with many patients over the years, and this is an increasing problem that we're seeing, these behavioral addictions uh, primarily to Internet uh, media, that in the first two weeks he experienced withdrawal. The universal symptoms of withdrawal from any addictive substance are anxiety, irritability, insomnia, dysphoria, and craving. But by the time he got to weeks three and four with no screen, uh, he was feeling much, much better. Not just better than he had in the first two weeks, but better than he had felt in years. Less depressed, less anxious, better able to sleep, better able to concentrate and pay attention in school. So then the question became, okay, going forward, are you going to continue to abstain from video games? Or are you going to reintroduce them back into your life? This particular young man chose to continue to abstain for another three to four months, but then eventually we did work to reduce to introduce uh, video games back into his life, and we did that with a lot of intentionality and thought. So, for example, he planned to just play no more than two hours a day, no more than two days a week, and only with friends, never with strangers. He decided to avoid certain video games that were just too intoxicating for him. He got two separate laptops, one for schoolwork and one for video games and on and on. And this is the work that we're doing to try to help people achieve abstinence or moderation, whatever their goal may be. But even if your goal is moderation, it must begin with a month of abstinence from your drug of choice in order to reset dopamine reward pathways. It sounds
0: to me like everything you're saying could be applied to booze, drugs. Sex, if you have that addiction. I mean, the same rules apply. It's just we don't tend to think of the screens as being addiction inducing.
2: That's exactly right. And in fact, this intervention is one that I essentially adopted directly from the interventions we've been doing for years for people who are addicted to uh, drugs and alcohol. The very first intervention is abstinence and resetting reward pathways when people are addicted to drugs and alcohol. Sometimes Stopping abruptly is not safe with alcohol and some drugs because they can go into life-threatening withdrawal. So for those individuals, we do a medically managed detox. But the goal is the same, to get them off of the drug, to allow their brains to heal, and to reset reward pathways so that they can focus on other things, and then to decide what their goal is in terms of use going forward. We used to think once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. You can never drink again. But uh, clinical experience and science is emerging that there is a small fraction of people who are alcoholic who, after achieving abstinence, can, with tremendous effort, go back to drinking in moderation. So we're changing some of our ideas, too, on uh, what's possible for people with a disease of addiction.
0: Do you think that the people responsible for the production of the screens that we're referencing or the apps contained therein have... Maybe not the level of knowledge of Doctor Anna Lemke, but a lot of the sophistication. In other words, they have our number. Like they, they I'm oh, learning yeah. from you, right? But they know oh, this already.
2: Oh, absolutely. oh yeah. Oh, oh, there are uh, armies of neuroscientists who work for these companies. These companies are engineered to be addictive. This is with intentionality. Uh, we are the not the consumers of these products. We are the products. We're flies trapped in resin. The metaverse already exists, and it's all of us uh, living on our screens all day long. So this is done with intentionality, and these corporations who make and profit from these products have a responsibility to help individuals, families, parents, schools, and society make sure that we have a healthy relationship with this technology. The genie is not going back into the bottle. We know this technology is here to stay. There are many positive things about it, but it has this clear, dark side.
0: So... To now go back to where I began and the way that I discovered your work, the Buxton School in Massachusetts, you're applauding what they were able to institute.
2: Absolutely. I have been uh, advocating for these types of interventions for over a decade now. I've been so discouraged to see the way that screens have taken over our school system. Um, And it's really unfair to kids, and it's unfair to parents who are trying to manage the outfall of all of this at home, and it's unfair to teachers. So I absolutely applaud the Buxton School for taking a strong stand, for recognizing that these are addictive, distracting Um, non-educational tools and that for kids to be free to learn, they have to be separated from their devices. And I'm just so happy that they're leading the charge. And I'm not surprised to see the positive results. Kids are going to be happier, more engaged, more connected, better able to learn, less depressed, you name it.
0: Final question for Dr. Anna Lemke. So how do you get it done? You're a professor at Stanford, you're the chief of the Stanford Addiction Medicine Dual Diagnosis Clinic. You're at the top of your game. You've written best selling books. You've testified before the Congress. I imagine there are a lot of people sending you emails constantly. Like, how do you go about a typical day in your life and keep this all in check?
2: You know, people ask me that a lot. And the truth is, I have a lot of time. And the reason I have so much time is because I don't use a smartphone. Um I'm not on social media, I don't watch TV, I occasionally watch movies and I consolidate my screen time. So I don't get on my computer typically until after I've exercised, had breakfast, made my bed, brushed my teeth, uh, took care of my taking care of my children and then I consolidate and narrow the amount of time that I'm on the screen and doing work. So once I hit the ground running on my screen, I have a lot to do, right? I have a lot of emails to go through. But I do them in an efficient, focused manner, not trying to get two things done at once. I'm just doing that. And then when I'm not doing that, I shut it down and put it away and focus on the second thing that I'm doing. So, um, uh, you know, I don't feel harried and rushed most of the time. And I have a lot of time because the truth is that, We waste an enormous amount of time on these devices. They give us the illusion of competence and accomplishment, but we're not really getting very much done on them.
0: We're going to later realize that these devices screwed up our kids, right? I mean, Dr. Gene Twangy, who wrote iGen, that was, for me, such an eye-opener of a book. I'm sure you're familiar with all of that data, talking about how 2012 marked the year that more than half of us finally had a cell phone, and it coincides with these deep declines in teens hanging out and dating and having sex and so forth, which might sound like a good thing, but it's actually not a good thing when you really think about it.
2: Yeah, oh yes i mean i think you know what's amazing if we look back to the 1930s we will see ads of doctors smoking cigarettes and promoting cigarettes for health and when we see that we think how could they have been so stupid uh to not realize that cigarettes are are so terrible but i have a feeling in 50 years we're going to look back at baby einstein and giving ipads to little kids and Um, unfettered access to the internet to minors. And we're just going to say, what were we thinking?
0: And you're already saying it today. That was excellent. I really appreciate your time. Uh, The book that I'm promoting in particular, you've written several, is called Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. Dr. Anna Anna Lemke, thank you so much for your time.
2: Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me on your show. Have a good day. Well,
3: (laughs) that was a wake up, wasn't it? Holy crap. I, I need a month off. Now, of course. And I can't do work. I'm <laughs> that's like, what I, I just like, okay. I'm done here. So when, I'm, I'm, when done. I'm listening
0: to her, I know she's entirely correct. She's a
3: thousand percent right. I yeah. will
0: sleep better. I will feel better. I
3: will do better. I will be better. And I can't, I can't work for you. Sorry. But when, I, I, but but I
0: when, I, when I asked her at the end, but like, you're so successful. How are you getting it done? And she explained it. And of course I like, I'll bet a lot of the listeners were saying, well, yes, but I couldn't do that. You should have seen because... me trying to find
3: her on Twitter. I'm trying to find her on Twitter. So yeah, I can that's tag not her. happening. No, she's yeah, not I would not
0: spend any time looking for her Facebook no, page either. But
3: good for her, right? I mean, it's just incredible. We all think we need that. Maybe we don't.
0: I've convinced myself, I've convinced myself that because of the responsibilities that I juggle, I could never do what I do sans secretarial support like I had when I was practicing law right, full time right. and a paralegal as well. Um, I've convinced myself that the phone is, is what allows me to be on radio and hosting a CNN program and writing and speaking for hire. And, in
3: other words, you you consider the fact that you have a smartphone to be something that frees you to be able to be doing yes. 17,000 things and staying connected. Yes. Okay, that's how I see it too. But in listening to her, we might be wrong. I mean, TC, I, I, I remember- I feel unhealthy right now. Unhealthy. I remember
0: what it was like. I remember, this is going to sound a little mad ish but I remember what it was like to go to lunch when I was practicing law- and my secretary was Mary. She was wonderful. Mary Russell. Uh, and Mary, I come back and like Mary would hand to me and they were pink. They were pink little memo. She would
3: take messages for These you, were the right? messages.
0: Here are your messages. And then I would come back and I would sit at the desk and I would very dutifully, you know, you call light up this cigar. person and this. <laughs> and I would have already had this cigar. <laughs> but I would sit there and very dutifully re- return, return my calls. calls. And, of course, Incredible. And I would call and I would say, you know, is is Mrs. scornavaki there? No, Mrs. Skornavaki has stepped away. Oh, would you have her call me? And then you'd call me back and you'd miss me and I'd miss you. Sure. Like all that wasted time. Now it's like bing, bing, bing with my thumbs. Right. But it's out of hand. Out of hand. It's out of totally hand. Not out healthy. of hand. Not healthy. Yeah, she doesn't need to wait 50 years. She knows already. She does. And, boy, is she compelling. And she also, I mean, the whole science of the, the dopamine for a dope like me. Well, I was, now get it.
3: And and I thought it was very interesting how you kept pulling in, wait, is this all addiction? You know, and I think some people are more addicted like than booze others. booze and drugs right. and sex and gambling whatever. and whatever might be on that list of your addictions. Which some people can do and
0: not get addicted, but some people can't. That is what I heard her saying. Some of us are hardwired differently and 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 so one one of, one of the thing is you you in many instances, like the patient of hers that she discussed, you can go back in moderation. Right. You can go back in moderation, right. but you gotta what I also heard her say was, you gotta go cold turkey right. for a month. Right. A month. For a month. That's what I'm saying to you. I I don't believe I'll that I'll see I you could, in late December. I don't believe I could maintain <laughs> my responsibilities. Oh,
3: you couldn't of course you couldn't unless
0: you're gonna take all my messages. No,
3: see? No, I'm I'm leaving too. <laughs>
0: Show will go to hell in a handbasket. <laughs>
1: this is the Book Club with Michael Smirkanish podcast from Sirius X.
0: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4.
1: listen to michael live weekdays on potus sirius xm channel 124
0: and on the sxm app yeah we all enjoyed that didn't we really really illuminating uh gene you are driving in iowa what did you make of my conversation with dr anna lemke what what stands out to you oh my gosh well i wondered if that segment was recorded that we could listen to it again um it I'm going to release it. I'm, I'm um, going to release it as a book club podcast, and I will include your telephone call. So make it good. Okay. Well, um, I'm a member of the clergy, and so while you, there's a whole life balance, you know, with a smartphone, it does enable me to not miss emergencies. So I will say that that is a very handy feature. Yeah, for sure. Is it worth the trade-off? Uh, yeah,
4: that's a great question. That's
0: a great question. You I mean, know, I, I, I love, a lot love the, the modern, teenagers who would. Yeah, I love the convenience of it. You know, lo- love ways, love open table, uh, like getting a weather forecast on a day like today. But, uh, but I know there's a big downside, and I worry about our kids.
4: Yes, I do too. I do too.
0: You know where did where and did all been, this where did all this anxiety and depression come from? What was it? Was it always there, especially with younger adults? Was it always there and we didn't know it or did something turn it on? And I'm in the latter category and I think it's technology. Yes, I, I, I agree. You know, I, you probably remember from your childhood not having all these concerns and not knowing about the news necessarily
4: and not worrying about who said what when. You went out and you played, and
0: you you had friends, and you had games True. that you played. True. The, re- that the reason that was world. It wasn't. Yes, that is correct. My my friends were were kids who lived next door, not not those with whom I was playing a video game halfway around the globe. Gene, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. And, I, and I'll tell you something else. I I recently had a conversation here about the metaverse. Go find that in my book club uh, podcast. Um, because these issues are about to expand exponentially, in my opinion. You're going to be able to lead a full life behind closed doors, but it's not going to be what you and I would consider normal or nor- normality. David, in Jefferson Township, Pennsylvania, greetings. What are you thinking?
5: Hey, Michael. I was just going to say, i have practiced law, I've seen a lot of lawyers who are heavy drinkers who can definitely – put it down when they have to for a, an extended period of time. So I wasn't surprised at that comment. My other comment is about the election here in Pennsylvania. On election night, I my wife and I waited to vote a little bit later because we had waited in such long lines in 2018, uh, 2020, excuse me. And uh, we went to the polling place and there was no one there. And I looked at her and I said, I don't think this is, a great sign for Republicans. And now, reading this morning, you can read Politico if you take it or leave it, but they're saying there's a clear path for the Dems to keep holding the House. So it's kind of crazy. But I, yeah, I was, two, two ele- was I, 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 I going
0: yeah, to say it's Did unlikely. Like- it's 211 to 198 as I speak. It's possible, uh, improbable, but still possible. And and David, I've learned my lesson. I rule. I rule nothing out any longer. Eric, checking in next. Eric, greetings. What did you most want to say?
4: Uh, back in like nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine, I was playing a game called EverQuest. It's an online role playing game with like other people. I completely became addicted to it. Uh, all our friends at work would play uh, during lunch, go home, grab like Doritos, play till two a.m., go to bed, go back to work at eight a.m. And it it eventually, for me, I just felt like, I, I can't do this anymore, and I had to sell my character so that I wouldn't be tempted. And uh, I eventually was able to get back into it with moderation, you know, 20 years later as an adult, as more of an adult. Uh, but this is absolutely true.
0: Are you well-versed in the metaverse? Have you put on an Oculus or played any other type of a game? Uh, sure. Oh, the Oculus, so for, for anybody
4: who's been on the fence of it like I was, it is amazing. It is unbelievable. However, what addicts you really is, I mean, for me, it was interacting with other people. It's like because then you're relying on them. They're relying on you. And wait a minute, you missed game night with everybody? What the hell? You got to get back here. And so you feel pressured to do it. And then it just yep. kind of waits on you. So yeah. I've been doing the Oculus. But again, with uh, Control and my kids, I keep very good supervision on them. So they don't do what I did.
0: Understood. Good lesson. Thanks for making that call.
4: This is the Book Club with Michael
1: Smirconish podcast from Sirius.
0: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4.
1: XM. Listen to Michael Live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM
7: app.
0: Debbie, you ask an interesting question. I will not steal your thunder. Go ahead.
7: Okay, so can you hear me? I can. Okay. Um, Okay, so I was saying um, that I was wondering how much of Anna's research has looked at how many lives the, the smartphone has saved. So if I'm stuck on uh, the freeway, if I'm stuck on the 101 in the middle of the night, I want to have my phone. Also, one time I was on a run and I fell, and my smartwatch asked me if I needed help. So wow. I'm just curious if, if there's re- yeah I know if there's research uh, that supports how many lives are saved by using the phone. Not to say that I wouldn't—I would love a month off, but it's so ingrained, it's so baked into society now. I could—I couldn't work. How? How? Well, that's, you, how you, I mean, that's how I feel. To, yeah, it would have to be a government mandate, like smoking. Like you were saying, it said, "Okay, everyone has to now go off their phone." And then what would happen? Society would crumble. <laughs> we I wouldn't be able to function.
0: I started the year uh, in a good way and I was able to maintain it actually for a period of months where I was I was running at a a zero email end of day policy this week in particular because of the election. There's like I can't even look forward to the weekend when I get past my CNN show tomorrow. There's just so much there. I still need to slog through and deal with. Um, Mm -hmm. But I always tried to just limit it. But it's gotten completely out of hand, and and I feel like like if I took off, she says a month. If I if I took off even a weekend, Monday, I don't know how how I could. Half a day? What are you kidding me? And the other part of the problem, the other problem with me is that because. Because I try and give people a fast response, they've come to expect it from me. This happens—thank this hap- you, Debbie. I think you make an interesting observation. I was this just
3: to- saying that to someone, that if I don't respond immediately, people wonder what's wrong with this, me.
0: This happens to me with—I'll give you an example. I'm supposed to be uh, on with Wolf Blitzer tonight. Okay. okay. And I probably will be. What time? So— I, I don't know. some dinner time. Okay, details. So uh, they know me. Like, we don't physically know each other, but I, you know, I know the, the Debbie's sure, sure. because they're the same people they're I people. always deal with. I don't mean my show, I mean when I'm on other shows. Sure. And if they don't get a response from me within an hour, like, you know, they send out the cavalry and they, it's, like, <laughs> honestly, like, there's yeah. a knock at my door. Right, right. Because they, like me, are of that mindset that, hey, you know, let's go. I have to tell
3: myself when I'm booking guests. That an hour, I, I can't follow up after, quote unquote, just an hour. Because I'm like, why happened? What is yep. wrong with you? Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live
3: weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app.
1: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays.
6: a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It beats making money as a human cannonball. Oh! Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary.